What's up, Rad Dads, and welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads podcast, hosted by none other than the two raddest dads on the East Coast, and joined by Rob and myself tonight is another Rad Dad, Paul Hletko. Paul, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me on, Rob and Sal. Glad to be here. So, Paul, Paul Hutko is the founder of Few Spirits in Evanston, Illinois. Until he opened his distillery there, Evanston had been barren for 160 years. That is insane. And was known as the birthplace of prohibition. Paul has always had an urge to create, to start with nothing, and none end up with something. He is inspired by his grandfather, who was a brewer in the Czech Republic before World War II. He lost everything, including his family, to the Nazis, and Paul merged his urge to create with his, uh, with his desire to honor his family, his heritage, and few spirits was born. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, guys. Happy to be here. And even better to be a dad. Paul, do you want to give an introduction in addition to what we pulled from, uh, from the websites? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, I guess uh, I'm just a dad. I'm a suburban dad. Got three kids, wife, two dogs. Uh, we don't have a minivan anymore uh, <laughs> because one of my kids uh, destroyed it in a car accident. Um, <laughs> we added minivans. I guess it makes me an official dad, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Paul, how many how many kids do you have? You said three, and what are their ages? Uh, so I got a 19-year-old daughter who has moved away to go to college, which is very sad. I have a 17-year-old son who's a rising senior in high school. And I have a 16-year-old daughter who's a rising junior, also in high school. Um, so you know, my kids are kind of on the uh, older side of being the uh, being kids. But you know, when I started the distillery uh, many years ago, they were all really small. You know, I started... Uh, when my oldest daughter was you know, effectively seven. So, you know, I started a distillery with three little kids at home and uh, left a pretty lucrative job so I could chase after my dream and follow it to uh, try to try to illustrate to my kids that they should be following their dreams too. You know, I think as a dad, there's so many things that we all have to do that is that are hard and difficult to balance. But the most important thing that all of us as dads have to do is be the best dad you can be. The rest of it just kind of falls off by the wayside. Um, and, you know, I kind of got lucky that I was able to combine being what I consider to be a good dad uh, with a career that actually ended up working out pretty well. But uh, the number one job is being dad. That's awesome. Yeah, we actually get so a lot. Of, my uh, email tagline is uh, founder distiller dad. And uh, probably once a week I get somebody that comments on that's awesome that you have dad as your title. I'm like, well, yeah, it's actually the only title that actually fucking matters. So I, I, uh, I read a, a statistic actually might've been in the post today. Yes. It was, it was in the, the Instagram post today. So by the time our kids are 12, we have already spent 75% of the time that we're going to spend with our kids. Yeah, it's probably about right. And I would actually guess it's probably even higher than that, but yeah. It, it it just it just blew my mind. It was insane, absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell you that my daughter, so my youngest daughter, the sixteen year old, was away at a program for two weeks. She got home on, well, technically, fr technically Saturday morning, but it was like three a.m. 
And so this today is Monday. So in the last, call it uh, 60 hours, I've probably seen her for a total of 20 minutes. Um, I mean, we're, that's, we're only, I don't know how old your, your, your guys' kids are, but that's, that's the reality. And my 19 year old, she doesn't even live here anymore. I don't ever see her. It's really sad. Like she's awesome. Yeah. You think back, at least I do when, when I went to college and I remember going and being like, Oh ma, why, why are you upset? I'll, I'll be back in, you know, however long and I'll, I'll come back for the holidays. I'm only two hours away. But you don't think through, you're kind of on your own journey. You don't think through what your parents are going through. You're you're so excited to get out of the house, so excited to do whatever, you know, to, to kind of be on your own and independent. But you kind of don't think about what your parents really really are going through or your little brother is going through or little sister. So, No, it's, it's, that's, the, that, that's the nature of life, right? We're yeah. all on our own journey. Yeah, exactly. But that's what makes being a dad, like, so important is to show off and, you know, demonstrate – you know, demonstrate the values that you have for your kids. Cause you know, I think it's really easy to say, Oh, you know, do as I do as I say, not as I do, but that's not real. You yeah, know, kids 100%. are going to do Kids are going to do what you do. They are not going to do what you say. I mean, we all know that, um, but they are going to do what you do. And if you, yeah, like I said, I, I started a distillery to be a better dad which I think it's a really weird uh, thing that, oh, I want to be a better dad. So I started dealing drugs, (laughs) (laughs) but that's (laughs) here. I sit. That's my, that's who I am. Right. You got to show your kids to believe in themselves. And, and how do they take you being, you know, an owner of a distillery? Like how do you make sure they're educated about It's really embarrassing. Right. Um, because you know your dad, like you're the most embarrassing creature on the planet. That's the the it's so humiliating. But then they realize that all of their friends' parents think you're pretty cool, and their <laughs> teachers think you're pretty cool, and you don't get it right because it smells bad and it's loud in the distillery and it's just smells bad and it's weird and it's dad like he's just dad. He's not cool. And then they started getting a little bit older. They're like, oh, yeah, that's my dad. He's the alcoholic one. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, I'm not an alcoholic. I just make alcohol. These are different things. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing, daddy. Like, no, it's really not. <laughs> um, uh, whereas, like, now, you know, now that you're 16, 18, 19, they're like, oh, yeah, my, my dad's pretty cool. My dad makes booze, you know. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not going to drink that. Anyway, I was I'm trying sure. to, I was trying to picture my kids at a high school party, like, oh yeah, yeah cool, cool, yeah, 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 cool, cool. What'd you say your dad does? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it just is what it is. But uh, that's the reality of the world, right? Have they tried? Have they tried uh, your spirits? <laughs> yeah, look it, of course it's, not that it's an acquired taste so you know it, some people uh like i know my kids my, my kids are not old enough but so when my my kids did their communion um the the priest said to the parents you know they're gonna sip uh, uh the body of blood which was wine of course so every time my wife and i poured a glass of wine my middle daughter was the only one. She would always come over. Hey, can I take a, can, can I try it? 
and till this day, she's 12. Every time we pour a glass of wine, can I try it? And, you know, she'll stick her finger in and, and she'll say, oh, wow, that's good. Or, oh, that's nasty. When, when yeah. she comes over to my bourbon, she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> she goes, daddy, my, my nose hairs burn. <laughs> that's right. Don't, don't ever drink this, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid and I had a toothache, my, my parents used to get a Q-tip, dip it in. Uh, my father was, I think, either cognac or Remy Martin at the time. Dip it in the cognac or Remy Martin and, and put it on my tooth. And sure. away, away went the pain. It, it works. Like, I'm not, it's, yeah, I think our society in America has a very bizarre and complex relationship with alcohol, um, which is, you know, largely undeserved. Um, it's just, it's just a beverage. And, I, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, you know, there are downsides to it, of course. But, uh, yeah, I think there's a little of the puritanical nature of the U.S. is very difficult when it comes to beverage alcohol or any other of other uh, uh, mind-altering substances. How has becoming a father changed your life, and what has it taught you? Uh, I think being a father teaches you humility, right? Like, you you don't know squat. Um, you know, biggest lesson I learned uh, it was really like the very second my first kid was born was how smart my parents were. I always thought they got, they just got so smart the second my kid was born. My whole life, they were just dumb as posts. But as soon as I had a kid, <laughs> suddenly the genius just hit them like a ton of bricks, right? Um, no, I just think being a dad, I think really helps or can and should help you to focus in on what's important. You know, your kids, like that's, that's the stuff that matters and you, you, it's setting a good example and being a good role model. And that's difficult for me in my business, but I think the kids, they are understanding it as they get older. Um, you know, my, my daughter was in college, actually, you know, she was home maybe a month ago and I was like, you know, dad, uh, I want to thank you for really believing in me and showing me that you should believe in yourself. Cause a lot of her friends, parents at, you know, she's off, you know, she's off at a, hoity-toity college, you know, a lot of her parents or a lot of her friends' parents don't necessarily have that or show that you should go pursue it. You know, yeah, they probably all make a lot more money than I do, or they probably picked parents better than I did. And all they got, you know, they got all this money that they inherited from their parents or what have you. That's okay. That really doesn't have anything to do with me. Right. It's, it's really kind of what you can show and demonstrate and be a part and, you know, try to be a part of your kids' lives. Like, yeah, I forget it was Robert Shell talking about, you know, by the time they're 12, you're never going to see them again. And that's, that's true, man. You, you don't by, you know, they run around, they start going to high school and they go out and hang out with their friends. And, you know, my son was at the beach all day with his girlfriend and their friends. And my daughter's sitting on the couch with uh, three of her friends screeching and screaming at the screen right now. And um, that's, that's life. And I think it's good. Like you, you want your kids to be strong and you want them to be self-sufficient and you want them to have, to be their own people and you want them to grow up just maybe not quite as fast as they do. Try to slow some time down. And what, what a lot of parents, one of the challenges, no, nobody wants to see their kid get hurt. Nobody wants to see them fail, you know? So it's, it's human nature for a parent to try to, 
level the the obstacles or level the field prior to their child getting out there you mm-hmm. know so make sure the child doesn't trip or fall there there's been times where I, so i have three girls um 11 right now 11 11 and 12 13 11 and 13 my middle <laughs> <laughs> my middle daughter is going to be uh 12 in july um but there's times where I've watched them do something and my wife, you know, she's like, are, are you going to help them? I said, no, L- they can figure it out. And sometimes when they fight amongst themselves, we'll let it go on for about half hour, 45 minutes. And they'll come down, mommy, daddy, go talk it out. Go figure it out. Mom and dad are not always going to be there. Figure out what the issue is and, and, and talk like human beings to each other. Yeah. Settle it amongst yourselves. Right. Cause we won't always be there. Yeah. We have a, we have kind of a similar rule in our house cause I've got drivers now. Right. And uh, you know, we don't have cars for every kid cause I, even if we had the money, I wouldn't believe in that. Um, and you know, instead of listening to fighting about who gets the car, like we don't care who gets the car. Uh, but if we hear about it, nobody gets the car for a week. So you oh. can settle. You know, I will happily settle it for you, but before I even know what the arguments are, what what it is, I will tell you that I'm taking the car as a result of the argument. So do whatever you want to do. You want me to settle it? I'll, I'll, I will settle it for you. <laughs> That's funny. And so, uh, we haven't had we, have, we haven't had that argument yet because <laughs> I know I mean business. Oh, I bet, I bet. What what challenges have you faced raising your kids? Um, I think the, one of the biggest challenges I've had is just I'm. I travel and I work really hard. Like I'm never, I'm not around as much as I want to be. And like, as a result of the business, I missed a lot of the years with them. I really did. I was traveling two to three weeks a month for many, many years. And, you know, that's just time you don't get back. And I think it's a delicate balance because you could never be, you could never be the perfect dad. All you can do is the best you can. Um, you know, we all want to be there more often. We want to be, you know, we want to have the careers. We want to have the, be the best dad. We want to be the coach on the T-ball team. We want to be, you know, the, you know, the partner at the law firm or, or the managing director. And you want to be like all these things and you just can't because there aren't, there aren't enough hours in the day. So it's just, yeah, I think it's really a challenge to try to find that right balance and there's no right answer. It's just a right answer for you or for your kids and trying to figure out where you, where you draw the line. Like I, I truly don't know. I, I hope I drew the right line, but yeah, that it, that's tough. That's a tough conversation or even, even in your industry too, just understanding where, where's the right place to draw the line. Right. Or like, uh, you know, and it's also hard, right? You know, my kids, friends party, they all smoke, you know, they don't all smoke weed, but most of them smoke weed. You know, they do all this. And it's really difficult to say, yeah, that's great. Uh, a, you're not 21. You shouldn't be doing that. B, uh, if you get popped, uh, I'm in a whole world of trouble because I could lose my license. Wow. Um, this is a problem. You can't get popped. And yes, that's unfair that your friends can go out and get hammered and you can't. Here's the reality of the world. And and your kids have taken to it? That's pretty impressive. Oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the they've taken part. to it. <laughs> for the most part, yeah. I mean, they are good. My kids are really good, for the most part. You know, and you know, as an entrepreneur, and even starting, starting few, when your oldest was seven, how did you 
get that work-life balance right? Or you didn't, or did you kind I of did. work through it? <laughs> I did have to be as a one-person company, right? I had to do everything. So the work-life balance wasn't really there. So I wasn't around as much. My wife really picked up a lot of the slack and she's a hell of a mom and a great wife. And my wife rules. Um, I got really lucky. But as far as you know, how do you get the balance right? I, I don't know, man. Like I, I try to do the best for what I can do. Um, yeah, yeah. You got to have a job. You you have to bring in money. You know, unless you're independently wealthy, which, like I said, I did not pick my parents well. I'm not independently wealthy. Um, you know, you gotta. You know, you have to have food. You have to have a roof over their heads. You got to be able to clothe them. Um, you know, there's a bunch of stuff you have to do, which means you got to have a job. Well, you know, do you have to work? As hard as I did, well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but at the end of the day, I did. Um, so, so I, I just, don't know. The right, I don't think there is a right balance. I, so, I just touching, going back to to what you mentioned before, uh, you know, being the the partner in the law firm, or you know, being that that director or the CEO or the COO or the CIO. There, and, and and that's that's one of the challenges that that. I think everybody tries to um, figure out and resolve is that work-life balance. You know, you spend, how many hours a day do you spend at work or how many hours a day or how many minutes a day do you, do you, do you spend with your kids? You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you got to put food on the table. You got to, you got to put clothes on their back. You got to put a roof over their head and, and you know, the wish is to hopefully pay for their college as well. So that, that's, do you sacrifice being that CEO and spend the time with the family and live within your means? Or do you become that CEO and live above your means and spend less time with the family? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is a, a, a you know, a, a question that that's, can never get the exact answer to or, or a definitive answer to. Right. I mean, what's right for me is probably not right for Rob. And what's right for Rob is probably not right for Sal. And what's right for Sal is probably not right for me. And what's right for any of the three of us is probably not right for any of the people listening. Um, yeah, 100%. That's just the reality is that you know, I don't know what the answer is. Like, I've always tried to teach my kids that there's really no such thing as a destination. Like, it's really about the journey. Like every, I think American society and I think modern society, even not just in America, tries to teach you that there's this destination. Ah, well, you know, once I graduate high school, I'll be happy because I'll be out of this fucking house and I'll, it'll be great. And then, ah, oh, you know, once I get out of college, man, oh, the world's my oyster. And then, oh, once I get this promotion, it's going to be fucking killer. And no matter what you think your destination is, literally all of us have the exact same destination. We You're all right. have the exact same destination. Doesn't matter if it's if you're the CEO, the janitor, the entrepreneur, the lawyer, the ditch digger. Like our destinations are all the same. That's how you get there. That uh, uh, that matters, or even that doesn't even really matter in the big scheme of things. But too many people focus on the the destination and not the journey. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. So I try to focus on the journey. Makes life a lot better and more adventurous. I'm a hell of a lot happier that way. 
Those destinations never made me happy, but the journey sure as hell does. <laughs> Especially the final destination. Yeah, I mean the, the destination's the same, man. That's that's again, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but that's the reality, right? No, you're 100% right. So, what family traditions have you started that you wish for your your children to carry on to their families? I think that hopefully the tradition is that you chase your dreams and believe in yourself. And, you know, just, just like you were saying, you know, you're trying to, you know, kids are trying to fight, like, you know, figure it out for yourself. There is no destination. Don't be afraid to fail because there is no such, there really is no such thing as failure. Um, you only fail if you stop fighting or you stop getting back up. Uh, you know, people look at me like, oh, you're such a success, you're this or that. I'm like, I, I don't see it that way. Because, of course, I remember all the businesses I started and failed. Um, you, know, oh, you, you succeed at everything you do. I'm like, uh, no, I've got like five businesses that went out of business, dude. I failed so many times. <laughs> I just never quit. The same. I had three, I think. Yeah, Two or three. Yeah. Only three? That's Dude, you're killing it. <laughs> this is the fourth one. We'll see how this works. <laughs> I, I, I hope it works, but... Uh, uh, it's tough. It's uh, this, this business wasn't really made uh, to make money. It was more to give back to the community and really impart and get people like yourself and other people to, you know, teach others, you know, what we've learned and we use our lessons and try to get as much, as much, uh, as many messages out as we can. So that's, yeah. you know, if we can make a couple of dollars doing it, then we we'll make a couple of dollars doing it, but I'm not, uh, I'm not holding my breath. No, making money is good. It's yeah. Um, it, again, people think making money is a sin. Like it's not. Like you make money when you provide value to people. Exactly. Um, that's the, if you're not providing value to people, you're not going to make any money. Um, that's just kind of how you measure, right? Everybody, oh, you know, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. Like, well, okay, you're at the cash register. Oh well, you know, <laughs> I don't want to buy it anymore. Like, yeah, cool. <laughs> I didn't provide enough value either. I didn't, you know, the product wasn't good enough. The story wasn't good enough. You didn't want it enough. The price was, yeah, whatever the, whatever the reason is, you're not providing value. That's why you didn't make the money. If you're providing value, man, that money is going to come to you hand over fist. Exactly. All right. So we're into our rad dad's rapid fire round. Uh, so we'll ask you six, seven questions. I don't know. However many questions. And uh, we'll work through it. So, favorite book? Uh, Infinite Jest, David Foster Wallace. Never heard of it. Now I have to look it up. Oh, killer. And uh, don't be scared. When you, if you pick it up, don't be scared. Um, read the first 15 pages. If you can put it down, don't ever pick it back up again. <laughs> All right. Because it's 1,300 pages, pages long with 300 pages of footnotes. And the footnotes are some of the best parts. Oh, man. All right, favorite food. But uh, you will cry laughing. All right. Favorite food? Favorite pizza. Oh, Chicago or New York? Oh, come on. That's not, that's like <laughs> wall of grease. Real pizza, Chicago pizza. Uh, favorite sports team? Blackhawks. Let's go Hawks. Nice. Favorite dad moment? Favorite dad moment? Becoming a dad, man. That's that's magic, man. That's like that just changes your life forever and for the better. Hundred percent agree. Uh, favorite bourbon? Favorite a few spirits. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Favorite vacation spot? Favorite vacation spot? Uh, we were just down in Cancun, and I just absolutely loved the resort we were at. Um, but fundamentally, none of it matters. It's really what I really like about vacation spots is being away from the bullshit, and it's just the five of us, whether it's Cancun or just down the street in Chicago. That that's the stuff that matters, and it just kind of sucks that in the world as it is, you really have to get away from where you live to order to really have your family truly together. Hundred percent. All right, best dad joke or jokes. All right, so I got a whole bunch of them, but uh, <laughs> I will start off with this. I don't know if you realize, uh, you know, the world outside of America, there's a bunch of really, really freaking smart people, right? Um, including in Norway. And uh, in Norway, they're so fucking smart that uh, they started putting barcodes on the sides of all the ships in the Navy. Because um, I just think it's just genius. Do you guys know why they put barcodes on the sides of the ships for the Norwegian Navy? No, why? Because yeah, when they come back to port, they can Scandinavian. <laughs> That's good. Told you, but... Uh, that I mean, I also presume you may have already heard about the tragedy that happened last week with those hikers that got lost in the woods. Did you guys no. hear about this? No. Those two guys got murdered. It was a terrible tragedy. A couple of guys went out hiking out. I don't even know. I don't remember where it was, but these guys went out hiking for a couple of days and got lost. And they're just like wandering around the woods, hopelessly lost. They can't find this. They can't find that. They run out of all their food. They're starving. They're thirsty. They're just miserable. And then these two guys all of a sudden come into like a this big giant clearing, right? And just on the other side of the clearing, there's a bacon tree. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. All of our problems are solved. I love bacon. And then the one guy just all of a sudden just takes off booking to get to that bacon tree, as you know, as all of us would do, right? And his buddy's like, no, no, don't do it. Stop, stop, stop. Because as he got closer to that bacon tree, a bunch of guys all of a sudden popped out of the bushes with a bunch of like uh, automatic weapons. It's just like pop, 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 and gunned them all down, murdering both of them because it wasn't a bacon tree at all. It was a hambush. <laughs> that definitely I'm out of here. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a dad joke. Oh my god, that was <laughs> delivery was awesome. That was. It takes it's a second to get that delivery. one going. Yeah. It takes a second to get it going, but once you get there, it delivers. Indeed, it does. Indeed, <laughs> that makes up for the last uh, last the, couple. Yeah, the last few. Yeah. So, uh, Paul, where where can our listeners uh, find you? Find your spirits. Uh, wherever you are, you can find us. I mean, on the internet, you can find us on all your social medias at Few Spirits. But in the stores, you can find us pretty much everywhere. We're in 50 states, 36 countries. Um, so wherever you are, you can probably find us at your local. And if not, uh, you can go check us out at buyfewspirits.com. And it'll get delivered right to your doorstep. Nice and easy. Do you have, uh, you have uh, social media where they can follow you? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anything like that? Yep, all at few spirits. So just the at symbol, few spirits, uh, easy spelled. Few, like not too many. Spirits like uh, liquor. <laughs> Barely newer. 
<laughs> so uh, one last question we always ask our fathers. Um, if you could impart a, words, a word of wisdom or a few words of wisdom to our fathers, new or seasoned fathers, what would it be? Keep on trying. If you make a mistake, don't worry about it. Kids are resilient. Believe in yourself and support your kids. Believe in them too. That, yeah, that, absolutely, 100%. One thing that I, I continue to, to, I don't want to say struggle with my, my one daughter. Every time she, something doesn't go her way, she's so, e- she's so easily turned off. She, she wants to give up and, and, and forget about it and, and not look at it again. So I, I, and I, and I, I just say, pick it up again. Try it again. You missed a step. Slow down. Think about it's it. Hard. Yeah. Super hard. It's so hard. Just believe again. There's like, you know, maybe it's even, you know, I don't, you know, again, who the hell knows, right? Every kid's different, but, um, just, I just think the best thing you can do as a dad is just love your kids and make sure they know that. And even when they fuck up, cause your kids are going to fuck up. And even when they make mistakes and they break this or, you know, my daughter just drove my brand new car right into our fucking garage. Um, <laughs> I was not very happy about that. <laughs> um, but, you know, when we went to go talk about it, I, I led off with, I love you. And you know, when your kids make mistakes, I think that's the one thing they need to hear the most. Not that you're, you're angry. They know you're angry. The kids aren't stupid. They know you're angry. But what they don't know is that you love them. Even when you're angry. Yep. That, that's true. I, I think the next time I get angry at my kids, I'm going to start off with I love you. Maybe it'll change the tone of the conversation. <laughs> or it might not. It might be like, oh, you're a you fool. <laughs> I'm going to run all over you now, Dad. <laughs> so, but you know what? Sometimes I think of that as like, okay, if I'm, if I'm, if I go easy and I'm soft, is that me, you know, is that them saying, oh, he's a pushover or, or I, I, you know, he's not going to get mad. He, he, he's fine with it. I can probably do this again or go a little further next time. You know, that, that always sticks, you know, it's always. You, yeah. That, I, I don't know. And you don't know either. You just got to do your best. And if you, you're going to make mistakes as a dad and forgive yourself again, like if your kids make mistakes, you have to forgive them, but they also need to see you forgive yourself too. Like you make, you know, you're going to make a mistake as a dad. You are, I've made, I've made more than my fair share. That's for damn sure. Um, but, and if you don't forgive yourself, how are they going to forgive themselves for what they do wrong? This is true. This is true. They're they're watching everything you do, whether it looks like it or not. It's true. All right, Paul. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, have a great day, everybody. Thanks. All right. And that was Paul Haleko from Few Spirits, CEO, founder, and dad. That is one hell of a rad dad. His jokes were on point. The interview was spot on. Thank you, Paul, for coming on the show, and we look forward to talking to you again soon. Tune in next time for another episode of The Rad Dad Show.